welcome everybody to the Sunday Recap. This is Chris McLaughlin here with Ariel Eldridge and Mitch Green. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's more morning where you are than it is here. Yeah. It is more morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're doing this long distance today. Ariel and Mitch are in the studio and I'm out in California this week visiting with my mom and uh, got to see my grandma yesterday and everything. Uh, I'm out here helping my mom move. So, uh, but I'm like, what I'm committed to the podcast. I know. <laughs> you are, you are a bit of an overachiever. He was texting us at like, goodness, early for us time. So it had to be crazy early for you, but yeah. Why'd you wake up so uh, early? I can't, I can't sleep any later. Like I'm I like, wake up at like four 30 here. So it's you have an <laughs> opportunity to sleep kid free all by yourself in a bed, but you spread out. You gotta understand like. That's sleeping in for me. That because that's like seven thirty uh, mm-hmm. Eastern time. I guess so, you're right. Yeah, that's sleeping in. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm telling you, I was not ready to respond to you. No, you know, I was up at I was up at I was up at three thirty, and I was like, at, when I'm getting those seven a.m. texts, I was up, uh-huh. but I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll reply later. <laughs> well, when I see you come in with your glasses on, I was like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. yeah, I know what. Oh yeah, he's sleeping. <laughs> Allergy season cool. yeah. is in full yeah. effect. Yeah, everyone's on Benadryl. <laughs> it's true. That is very true. Yeah. Well, hey, before we get rolling into stuff, just want to let you guys know about VBS that's coming up uh, just in about a month and a week or so. I mean, it's it's coming like a steamroller, which is really cool. Um, VBS this year is called Promise Keeper. It's and it's really talking about. God being the ultimate promise keeper. He makes these incredible promises to us, and he keeps those promises. He's always faithful to do that. Um, Ariel, tell us a little bit about uh, VBS this year. When's it coming up, uh, and how do we get involved? Yeah, so it is a three-night event, so 25th, 26th, and 27th of June. And on the 27th, there's going to be an all-family event with dinner involved, I believe. No. Rerecord. We literally just got a text saying, <laughs> this literally just came in. So redo this. This is to you and I, Chris. It says, Chris, Dave caught something I need to correct. For VBS, the family meal is Friday and Saturday. Sunday is family celebration, but no meal. Dag on it. I emailed it out <laughs> so, yesterday. Okay. Is that right? He just, he, been... he just texted that to me, you, and Dave. Yeah, I saw the text. Okay. <laughs> so I just... Before, Sucks. Before well, we, I'm not sure if you're able to while right. you're away, so I I'm did. including Mitch on this. Please get corrected as soon as possible since registrations are flying in now. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. <laughs> Interesting. Well, hey, well, there you go. Hot off the presses, everybody. Uh, there's, there's, you there's, gotta there's, keep it? We gotta cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> let's, keep, let's keep it. Let's so there it is uh, no, as of 9.42, it is official. There is no meal. And we're recording at 9.43. No meal on Sunday. Oh, but there is a meal on Friday and Saturday. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. that's fun. I'm glad okay. there's still a meal. And on Sunday Friday is Saturday. the celebration. Well, and we will have a lot of food. So the students do the the students do the Sunday night thing. Yeah. And we've got like we're breaking out the hot dog roller. I bought a popcorn machine. I'm working on doing like a nacho station. So we'll have there food. will be food. Okay. But but that'll yeah, yeah. be more like a oh, carnival atmosphere. Yes. Correct? And we have the Kona ice truck reserved. <gasps> With like Ooh, up awesome. to six hundred free ICs. Nice. Yeah. So nice. you may not get you uh, know a four course meal, but you know what's better than a Nathan's famous and a Kona ice cup? Like half of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Snow cones are bribes at our house, especially during baseball season. (laughs) (laughs) You get a hit, you get a snow cone. (laughs) Wow. There you go. (laughs) Hmm. It's a little works based in the, in, in the elder child. I grew up that way. <laughs> oh, man. It's hard to shed. Okay, so let's recap. What are the dates again? Let's, let's go ahead and recap on VBS. June 25th, 26th, 27th in the evening. Do you know the times? Awesome. This time is from 6 o'clock to 8.30 p.m. each of those nights. And then, uh, how do we sign up? How do we get? How do we get involved? How do we get our kids signed up? And how do we sign up to help out? Yeah, you can find both at stonescrossing.com forward slash kids. Super simple. Um, and this is a VBS for kids who are ages three through fifth grade. So, great wide range of of kiddos. So we'd love to have you and your family. Well, you guys, I'm out here uh, in California visiting, and I got to visit my grandma on Mother's Day. And my grandma, you know, so she's 91 years old. Wow. Uh, she's in a she's in a retirement kind of facility where she has a lot of c- people caring for her and things like that. She's, um, you know, she's pretty she's pretty frail at this point in her life. Um, we have some interesting conversations sometimes uh, where she likes she wants to talk about death and she mm-hmm. wants to talk about uh, you know what's because I mean, this is something that is that is on her mind. She knows that this is coming very soon for her, and um, and so to a certain extent, like at times she's um, she's very welcoming of it in a sense. Like she kind of wants it to come. She she talks to us about how she's very tired, mm-hmm. um, and she just doesn't you know she just doesn't want to keep living the way she's living. But at the same time, she also is kind of worried about it. You know, she doesn't know what to expect. She doesn't know what it's going to be like or how it's going to happen or things like that. Um, and so there's an, a lot of anxiety around that. Um, how do you think, I mean, you know, we're talking about death today with uh, this section of scripture, First um, Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, and the hope that we have uh, as Christians. How do you think that, that people in our culture today really think about death? Like, how, how do people process it and think about it it's natural yeah that was one of the things that scott brought up which i thought was was pretty true to what i've heard too Mm -hmm. is that it's natural you just pass away into the dirt and yeah i see what's so interesting though to me is like i think that most people think that like if you ask them like what is death what happens you know and but once again as as a pastor who's done funerals you know, for some people that are, you know, in Christ and some people who are not, you know, would profess that they're not, the tune always changes when you come around to the time of the funeral, mm-hmm. like what, what they really want to think about death. So I just, I just think that's interesting. Like they'll believe, you know, that, oh, it's a natural thing and, you know, people just cease to exist. But once it comes to that time around that funeral and they're mourning, um, that truth, like, I've just never seen that truth present, no matter yeah. who I'm talking to about doing a funeral very true. ever. <laughs> you very know? true. Yeah, um, people people like to like to think about the hope of mm-hmm. maybe seeing that person again, that, mm-hmm. that they're not gone forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about? I mean, it, it, it seems as if our. It, it, I, I just think this is an interesting thing because it seems as if there are. Um, that sort of like that thing within every single person where we just know that there's something more than 
than what there really is, than, mm-hmm. than what we see. You know, we yeah. know that there is something more than what we see here. And, um, and sometimes we want to deny that and suppress that. Um, like people in our culture try to do that. Um, but, but there's much more to it than, than what we just see in, in the, in the physical and the tangible. Ariel, you, you mentioned a little earlier before the show, just how this is kind of pointing to like an old heresy in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's something that, you know, I've been having conversations in my house about just the fact that, uh, it seems like there are, is a thought going around the church today that the physical body resurrection isn't included, that it's, that the body is evil, um, that that's the source of sin and therefore death will be a release from our physical body and life eternal in a spiritual realm. Um, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible actually says that we have a physical resurrection and that it is a spiritual afterlife as well as a physical afterlife. And we see that in Christ himself, um, I was talking to Pastor Keith yesterday about this and just the fact that um, that Jesus Christ is the only human walking around dead in a human body right now in in heaven that's right. with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just that's a fascinating thing to me that if he has a human physical body that was hungry, that asked for something to eat, um, what Thomas was able to touch the holes in his hands, that, um, that that's a promise for us as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes me think of um, yeah. Romans six five. I know we've talked about this one before, but but it says, "For if we've been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His." And I think that that's yeah. the source of our hope um, that we're talking about today. Absolutely. Um, but that heresy that you brought up is is called Gnosticism, and it's something that um, that is still prevalent. We think about these ancient things that floated around, but the the thought is still there today, even if we don't know what to call it. Um, and uh, and and I I've seen it and I've heard it and it's time to tackle it. Time to talk about what the scripture actually says, so that we can prepare people yeah. to die well. Hmm. Yeah, let's kind of dig into that a little bit. Um, so, because obviously, you know, w- w- the Bible does talk about a resurrection that's going to happen, and this resurrection is when all of the dead will be raised, and that's going to. It talks about like the, the the sea will give up the dead who who are in the sea and. And, and all the dead will rise. I know. I, I, I can't even begin to imagine what this is going to be like. So clearly this has not happened yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, you know, that this has not happened, then, then what happens to those who, as Paul says in the beginning of this passage, those who have fallen asleep? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's happening with them right now? I, I mean, I don't want to reiterate too much what, what Scott said, but I think he hit it on the head that, um, you know, the Scripture says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so it seems that Scripture is showing yeah. us this, um, this period of time that is an interim. Um, the already and not yet for us here on earth includes those who have fallen asleep or who have died bodily, who actually are in soul form with the Lord. Um, yeah. And, and it's hard to wrap our minds around space and time and like what that would look like or where it is and all of this. But um, I think that's what, those are the truths that we can at least see from, from scripture. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think, I think what, what I think is interesting about that is that, um, you know, when we look at when, when humanity was created, right, go back to Genesis chapter two in particular, and you see how, um, humanity was was formed out of the ground, right? He says he, that that he for, that God formed the man out of the dust of the earth, 
right? And so there's a physical uh, portion, a physical part of of humanity. And then it says that uh, he breathed his spirit in Hebrew, his ruach, into the nostrils mm-hmm. of the man. And and in that, there's a spiritual element as well. So so humanity is very unique in all of creation in that sense that there is both a material and a spiritual aspect to humankind. And what what is unnatural about death in the current age that we live in is that our our spirit is separated from our body. Our body remains here on earth and um, and obviously is, is corrupt with sin and things like that. And then for those who are in Christ, our spirit um, is regenerated and, and sin is no longer part of the, the spiritual part of it. That's the whole Roman. We've talked about this on the podcast, before, the whole Roman seven thing, but, but, um, but when we die, our body remains here and our spirit is with the Lord. Uh, as you said, Ariel, at least for this time until the resurrection, uh, takes place. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I think is really interesting is Scott, I mean, he brought up this, this idea, but didn't, I, he didn't unpack it, but he, he brought up the idea of soul sleep. Um, and this is, this is something that has become increasingly popular in, in Christianity in, in some circles, but it's actually something that seems to go against what scripture says. Now, the idea of soul sleep is that, um, when, when we die here on earth, our soul actually is like unconscious, mm-hmm. right? And and so when we wake up, will be the day of the resurrection. Um, and so it, it'll seem as if no time passes between the day of our death and then the, that final resurrection when everybody rises. And so they, so pe- so people have been kind of thinking about that, but um, but I don't know. I mean, there's passages in scripture that seem to, to seem to refute that. Like, I mean, I even think about. When Jesus is talking to the thief on the cross, and he says, "Today mm-hmm. you will be with me in paradise," and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Well, if there's soul sleep, then why would he even care that he was in paradise? Like, why does that even matter?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. So I don't know. I, what, what are your What are your thoughts on that? No, I think I, I, I think I mean I, I agree with you. I think it's one of those things that you know you got to kind of wrestle with trying to figure out the 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 time frame of all the things <laughs> you know when do they all actually take place and i think it's it's yeah. it's and we have to be careful that we don't try to connect dots with um like improper belief so while we may not be able to line up okay where what's happening to our bodies while we're physic while our spirits with christ you know but not yeah. try to create a gap that makes logical sense to you know like oh well we're just we're just asleep and it all happens at the same time and you know i i think that's i think that's where a lot of that stuff comes out of but it's if it's not birthed out of scripture then i think that's that's when we you know i don't know we we run the risk of creating some beliefs that you know go go wrong and create new denominations and new (laughs) you know and yeah yeah, i think i think that's why it's like we it's you know when you have questions i just think it's good to go to the source and to look to scripture you know to wrestle with those things let's go ahead and read read the passage um would someone read verses 13 through 18 of first thessalonians 4 i'll take it you want to do it i'll do it But we do not want to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, 
will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of a command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Awesome. Thank you. So Scott's first point was uh, talking about our need for hope. And uh, this is based out of verse 13. He says, you know, just reading this again, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. But here, here's the, the big part, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. And I, and I think I think that this is actually an interesting and very exclusive claim that Paul is making, that the Christian worldview actually is the, is the one worldview that offers hope, while all others actually do not. Uh, it's a really... I think this is a really bold claim that he's making here. Why is it that, I mean, and, you know, on, on Sunday, he mentioned a couple of different worldviews like reincarnation and secular humanism. Um, why is it that these other worldviews don't offer us any hope? I mean, I mean, I think, I think again, it, for me, it comes back to the radical claim, you know, that Jesus conquered death and um, in his resurrection. And this is the only, the only physical, you know, human being who's ever done this, where, where I think these other world religions, they don't, they don't make such a claim. So they don't have the authority over death. Um, and, yeah. and I think that's kind of, if you're reading through like Mark's gospel, which I know our, you know, our women's ministry just did a conference through this, but one of the major themes in, in Mark's gospel is Jesus's authority over the natural things of this earth. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest mm-hmm. things that Mark's trying to represent is his authority over um, sin and death, and so I think other other religions they don't um, they don't claim their their leader, <laughs> you know, or their their prophet or their you know whoever their their teacher is. They don't um, claim to possess that ability, mm-hmm. um, and even if they do pro- pro- proclaim to have the authority, they've not conquered death. It's um, more like in an their immortality. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you earn eternal yeah. life rather than. Um, conquering, conquering is, death, meaning death. seeing the physical yeah. resurrected body of um, their moral teacher. Yeah, where's the evidence? Mm-hmm. Where's the proof? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are obviously so many different perspectives in in our world today. Um, we're seeing, uh, in particular, the rise of Islam is the mm-hmm. is, is the second largest uh, religion in the world, uh, followed by Buddhism and a number of others, and 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 uh, and so many of these. Uh, perspectives offer uh, really very little hope um, for the afterlife because primarily they're they're based on a works righteousness perspective, mm-hmm. right? So, like uh, Scott mentioned, like reincarnation and and how reincarnation and that's a uh, primarily a Buddhist belief, and other other religions believe that. But um, reincarnation uh, really offers very little hope because you have to earn it. Like, you, otherwise you may come back as something terrible. Uh, you know, do you guys ever, you ever watch the, uh, the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon? You guys ever watch it? I mean, I watch clips when, mm-hmm. when there's good stuff. Clips. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every now and then he'll do a, a segment called, uh, do not read. If, yeah. if you've ever seen that. And, uh, a while back he did this. Uh, so do not read is like, here are these books. They're actual books that are mm-hmm. out there that, He's like, look, this is ridiculous. I can't believe this is an actual book. Anyway, so um, one of them popped up, and it said, um, it, the title of it was something like, 
what if you are a horse trapped in a human body is the, is the, uh, the title of the book. And it's written by a guy named Jason, the horse. <laughs> this is a legitimate book. Okay. So I actually, uh, I looked it up online and I ordered a copy of it because I, I had to, I had to find out <laughs> and I actually gave it away as a uh, white elephant gift exchange. If I degroup, uh, it was fantastic. But, um, but I read a little bit of the book and it's actually the guy he, he believes in reincarnation. He believes that he was reincarnated um, and that he used to be a horse. And, and so what it, the sort of the mission of the book was to help to find other people in the world who used to be horses and, uh, and that they're, you know, try to try to like form a community of people who, uh, who all used to be horses. And that was kind of the, the goal of it and things like that. So if you read the like the reviews on Amazon, so there's some people in there be like, man, I'm so thankful that I found this book because I found other people that, that know that they used to be horses and things like that. I was like, huh, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I think comes back to something Scott was talking about, which is a little bit of this innate desire in all of us one to kind of interpret our existence, but mm -hmm. you know, a part of that is to try to interpret, okay, what's going on with death? Because I don't think the natural side of things of just not existing is acceptable yeah. to most people. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And, and that, and that's, that's the thing I think that is so good when we go to talk to people about, about yeah. uh, this stuff, uh, you know, that, that we can sort of play on that, which I want to get to that in, in a little bit here. The other, you know, the other perspective that that seems to be the most prevalent one in Western culture is secular humanism, and and in that one, death is. Uh, and Scott talked about this a little bit, but you know, death is meant to be not a big deal. Um, this is just a natural part of life, and when you die, you just die. You're mm -hmm. you're, um, you know, a common, a common phrase is just no, you you're you're gone. You're worm food. You know, mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. That's that's the, that's the point. Um, and yet you just need to accept it. And then, and that through accepting it, that there's no fear in it. Um, but is that really the case? Do, do, do you think that people who accept that kind of worldview really don't have a fear of death? I think that if we look at movies and, um, just art and television and all the things that, that man creates right now and think of just even Disney movies, you know, if, if secular humanists weren't really struggling with this, would we have like the movie Soul or Lion King, you know, with all of these interpretations on what happens to us after we yeah. die? Um, yeah. I just think it's this interesting, like nonchalant way of showing that truly humanity is struggling with with not having hope because they those that don't have an objective truth to what will happen are still are still pondering it and still trying to work it out, and it just it, it shows yeah. itself in some really interesting ways. Yeah, I, secular humanism it's so it's so interesting. Um, I mean, again, one because like a lot of the leaders of the movement are, are anti-religion, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like not not even right. not even specifically like just like oh everybody do their own thing, coexist, kind of as we described them on at Sunday. Yeah, most of them are actually more like no, like I mean, I've. I've seen secular humanism things I've been, a, you know, that I've, I've gone to, to attend and a part of like interfaith dialogue things, you know, where it's like, 
they're doing de-baptisms, you know, like they're, they're mocking, you know, religion. Um, and the secular, yep. the secular humanist perspective is so like isocentric, you know, as a worldview, it's, it's all about me and my focus of how to accomplish, you know, um, and better, you know, community just by my own efforts, you know? And I think that it's, I don't know. I just always, I find when there's conversations around death, um, that's not that like, they, they don't have hope cause they don't care. Cause the, cause the focus is only about them. <laughs> it's only about the right. individual, the individual, individual accomplishing what they can in their lifetime and, and everybody else and everybody else's lifetime isn't, isn't as significant. And even if it's about the collective group of secular humanists bettering society, it's only really about this specific time, you know? And yeah. so it just, as a, as a worldview, I think, um, I don't think they deal with death and I don't think it's because, they um they don't have fears about death, but I think it's because they're so focused on what they're doing, <laughs> you know, and and like their totally. their selfish approach, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a really important point because when you look at the secular humanist perspective, uh, ultimately, if there is no afterlife, if there's mm-hmm. nothing further beyond this life, then that means that you better enjoy every minute yeah. that you have, and that makes when you think about the implications for how you live today, what that means is you better get what you want for you right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like it it ultimately forces a very selfish and self-centered perspective. I think it also forces a very hopeless perspective. Absolutely. Because, because like when you, just what you're talking about, because I think you're right. Like everybody who is in that perspective is talking about, you know, living for today and trying to make, you know, I'd say at its best, what it does is it says, let's make the world a better place for our kids mm-hmm. in the near future, okay? But the secular humanist, if you if you play out what's going to happen down the road, ultimately what's going to happen is, you know, the sun's going to explode, the earth is going to crash into the sun, everything's going to die, and nothing's going to matter anyway. Mm-hmm. So why even do anything like like really at, at the end mm-hmm. of the day there is literally no purpose there is no hope no one's going to remember no one's going to care mm-hmm. you know um and so so hope gets thrown out the window completely but the problem is is that the secular humanist does, does, doesn't typically take it that far yes they just think about it in the maybe at its best the next few generations which is just so difficult because it's like on one level i see how it it can be appealing to somebody who's not in Christ because it's, it's better than just saying like you're focusing on the betterment of the, of yourself and those around you, which I guess is, is better, is better than focusing on just nothing, (laughs) you know, but at the same time, at the end of the day, I think it's, it, it, I've seen it become selfish because they're not so focused with death. Again, as I was saying at the very beginning until it stares them in the face. Um, And when, when they're, when they're forced to deal with the death of someone that's close to them, um, I, it rattles, it rattles that world. None of the worldviews hold up at that point. And I think, I think yeah. that's what makes, you know, Christianity so significant is we have hope in those moments that just goes against, you know, every other belief yeah. of the world. Let's talk about that then for a second. Um, this hope that we have as Christians, uh, what is the hope? What are we looking forward to as Christians? Let's just, let's just quickly unpack stuff we see in this passage and maybe some other passages about the hope that we have for our future as believers. 
Yeah, I mean, so so in this passage, I mean, verse 14 says, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with those who have fallen asleep. So again, our, our hope our hope is in the resurrection of Christ, you know, that, that, yeah. that he was resurrected, that he defeated death, that we can stand on the hope of that. And I mean, and this is all throughout the New Testament. Again, we were, we were just talking, you know, um, oh, the second Corinthians passage, you know, Scott quotes it often, you know, to be, to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord, you know, like, I mean, so we see that in Corinthians, we've already discussed passages in Roman. I was reading Romans. I was reading this passage in Philippians chapter three this week. Um, this is verse 20 where it says, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself which again uh, is what he did on the cross. And so I, I, I think again, th- this is the message of, you know, this is one of the messages to the church in the new Testament. Um, that's very significant because for many of them, death is something that they're immediately going to face. <laughs> they have no, they, yeah. they have no choice, but to be fearful of death. What else? What, what are some other promises that we see uh, that, that are given to us as Christians? One of my favorites is, is first Peter chapter one. Um, and it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And in, and then he goes on to say, in this you rejoice. Um and then talks about how for a little while here, this is this is a grievous time. These are the sufferings that we that we share in with Christ um, on this earth. But that inheritance that is unfading and imperishable is what we look forward to. And that is our hope. That's what That's my faith. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think I would point us to to the end of Revelation, like Revelation chapter totally. twenty and twenty one, twenty two, and uh, there you see there's a judgment that's going to come. So after the resurrection, that Everybody will be judged, but those who are in Christ will be um, basically, I mean, what, what's happening there is that if we are in Christ, we are given the righteousness of Christ and His merit, and so we are then uh, counted as God's children and welcomed into the kingdom of God. Um, and and uh, what's wonderful about that is then uh, verse, verse 1 of chapter 21, I'll just read this, it says, um, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. So he's talking about this this idea that not only will humanity be recreated, uh, you know, with these new resurrected bodies, but all of creation is going to be recreated. All of it's going to to be regenerated. Um, and then it says, uh, "And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband." And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying. This is and this is the keys. Like, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God Himself will be with them as their God. That's the like the theme of the Bible that mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. just wants uh, a people for Himself, and that He would be with them, and they would and they would be um, they would be His people. And then I love this verse four. He says, "He will wipe every tear from their eyes." And death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And so this place is a place where not only is 
not only are, are people regenerated, not only is all of creation regenerated, but the very way of the world is regenerated. You know, we, we, we live in a world right now that is marked by um, sin, which brings um, unrest instead of peace, which brings injustice instead of justice, which brings yeah. unrighteousness instead of righteousness. And, and what this world is going to be marked by is peace and righteousness and justice in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. And so there's, there is so much that is promised to us in this new heavens and new earth. And um, man, I, I mean, when I, when I think about stuff like that, I'm just like, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for this day. This actually leads me to, I think, what we want to talk about kind of get to here with all this is verse eight uh verse 18 of of the passage says uh paul admonishes them to encourage each other with these words okay mm-hmm. and when he does this I, I i think that this is this is absolutely vital for us as christians why why might this be important just very practically for us to talk about this with one another. If I were to just refer back to the first Peter passage that I was reading, um, he's writing to sufferers, right? So um, we are all just joining in Christ's suffering here on earth um, as we're walking this life out. And man, what a what a joy to do that with other believers and to have the opportunity to spur us on to the hope that we have in Christ and to be able to remind each yeah. other, especially, you know, um, I, w- I had a phone call yesterday with someone who is waiting for some test results, um, just to look forward to what is beyond the end of the test result, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's yeah. the face of God. I mean, we get to see his face and dwell with him. And in uh, a joy that is surpassing anything that this life has to offer, um, and I think that's it's just cheering each other on yeah. through hard hardship. Yeah, yeah. It gives. It, I think. I mean, it gives perspective, right? Like, yeah. Like w- the things that we're going through here truly are a light and momentary affliction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. compared to the glory that awaits us. And that's, and then Chris, I think that that word perspective is huge. Um, I think for me personally, one of the things that I've been growing in the last four or five years is just really understanding um, the unique worldview that's offered to me in Christ and just the, you know, the, the way that the hope that we're offered um, to have in this life, the way that we can view things, the way that we can have an eternal perspective um, and, and operate in that is so unique to everybody else in the world. And I, and I think it never was more aware to me than when we were in the middle of, you know, the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, you know, when there's not answers, you know, for what are we going to do? And, you know, numbers were rising rapidly at the beginning and countries were shutting down and the market was crashing and people were getting sick and we didn't know how bad this thing was going to be. Um, we were offered, we had an eternal hope in Christ mm-hmm. that we could rest in. And so I think it's important right. because um, we are all being influenced by all these other voices in society. And if we're not speaking this message back to one another, um, the other voices might be louder, <laughs> you yeah, know? And yeah. so I, I just true. think it's important that we we share this message with one another mm-hmm. um, regularly because... I mean, we're at risk of, of believing something different. Yeah, that's uh, so good. Let's take this a step further. How might talking about this hope with non-believers 
be one of the greatest ways to evangelize. I, I think it's the gospel message of our age, not that the gospel changes, but I think it's the gospel truth yeah. that's that's just so important. And I think that's that's the thing that I think we we minimize death even to our own personal experience. I was saying this a little bit before on the podcast, but we don't see death as like the cosmic level of what it is, <laughs> you know, being that, you know, we don't, we don't exist with that for, with God forever because of this thing, <laughs> you know, that kills us. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and God's at work at, at, at ending that. And he does through Christ and resurrection. And I think, again, if, if death is what separates us from one another, death, you know, death is what separates us from our parents when they die, from our grandparents. And I think it's, again, especially in this age of tremendous fear, um, it's the gospel message that we need to be sharing with people that there is a hope that conquers death, a hope that conquers disease, yeah. that there's an eternity where these things don't exist and, and they weren't God's desire, <laughs> you know, man, mankind brought these things into fold and God, you know, you look at the, you, there's a whole narrative of scripture of God working through a nation to reestablish these things within his community and people still don't do it. And then he sends his son and, you know, so God is at work at restoring, um, our relationship with him and a huge aspect of that collectively is um, that death has no more power, Mm -hmm. that death's not the great separator that it once was. And I think if people can hear that um, and you can tell them genuinely um, because you believe it, not because your presentation's great, but I think it's a great, I think it's the gospel message for here and now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just want to go back to something that you said earlier. Really, we all said earlier is just how people um, you know, non-believers even know that there is that there is something more than just this life. Mm-hmm. That like 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 there's a longing for it. And like like Ariel, you were saying, we see this in movies and media, and you know, it, it it's all over the place. We see it at funerals. We know that there's more than just this. Um, and ultimately, what happens is, is you know, you, people get into a maybe a secular humanist perspective, and they are suppressing that truth. Um, because they don't want to believe in the maybe the consequences of what that means for how they live their life every day, um, but but at the end of the day they know that, and I think that they're longing for this hope. I think that they want it so bad, you know. So if, if when we're talking about evangelism, you know, for me, I'm like, man, I would love to talk with someone to hear their perspective, and then what I could do is I could point out, like, you know, you really have kind of a hopeless perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it kind of show, like, kind of poke the holes, I mean, in a loving way, you know, but poke the holes in their, in their worldview to show them, like, do you really believe that? Like, do you really believe that, that, that there's no hope that ultimately everything that you do doesn't matter, that you should just live for yourself every day. And then, and then point them to the hope that we have in Christ, uh, as you're talking about Mitch, like just point them to this, look, let me tell you, let me tell you what I believe and let me kind of paint a better story for you, a better picture of what, of what life could be like, you know? Um, Cause I think that people long for it, it, it and, and they just don't know it <laughs> in, in a sense. I don't know mm-hmm. if that resonates with you, but yeah, absolutely. I just don't think, I, I don't think um, the Christian message on death is one that's um, 
should be that difficult for us to talk about with people, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I mean, again, talking Absolutely. about the narrative of scripture, I mean, we need to talk about sin with people, but have we talked about, you know, the co- the cosmic power that's at play of death as much as we've talked about sin when we're, when we're talking to people about the gospel? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, yes. I think, yeah. and, and if, and, and death is probably actually the better starting place, you that's know, that, true. Hey, it's the great separator as sin is too. But I mean, sin is, sin is what caused it. And, and again, it's just, I think if we if we can get that message before people, I think it's a better message than man, even even all the all even all the great evangelistic messages we have around like culture wars and all these other things that are going on, politics and I, I think this is the better one. <laughs> like I think it's yeah. the message that we need well, to share. Well, I I would even say, I mean, I think that this message actually connects to all the politics yeah. and social justice issues too because we're talking about like, you know, right now people have a longing, we've talked about this on the podcast, a longing for justice in our world, right? And this longing for justice, I mean, we're, we're going to see glimpses of that here, but there's not going to be a justice like the justice that we're going to see at the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I think our hope is in, is that one day God is going to restore all these things and that we're going to have yeah. this ultimate world of justice and peace and righteousness, you know? Um, and man, what a what a... What a compelling picture that is for people who really care about justice in the world, I think. Yeah. Yeah, death is the uh, the great unifier, right? Death and taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, <laughs> like what you guys were saying, like, t- truly, um, it brings us to a place of suffering, which is absolutely where the gospel um, can be the most fertile, you know, when when the truth of resurrection life becomes so much sweeter because this life actually really does staying so badly mm-hmm. is when we can see the mm-hmm. the goodness of what's to come instead. Yeah. Um, and, and Scott yeah. talked about doing hundreds of funerals and I mean, I've not done yeah, hundreds, but I'm telling you of, of the 15 to 20 I've done, there have been people that, you know, died of drug overdose. Mm-hmm. There have been people that committed suicide. There have been people that um, are faithful believers that die in old age. There have been um, kids. I, I've done kind of every age demographic. I've done people that profess to be in Christ, people that want nothing to do with the church, you know, that's like a parent. I've done every one of them. And I think when you're yeah. sitting around the table with these people, the desire of the message of hope that they want is always the same. That's at least from my perspective. Yeah. I've never I've never had, um, I, I'm sure it does happen, but my percentages are a lot higher of people wanting um, this message of eternal security and hope than something different mm-hmm. I mean, from my experience. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been such an encouraging conversation for me. I, um, I love talking about the hope that we have in the coming of Christ and the future, the resurrection and the, the new heavens and new earth. I mean, honestly, um, I feel like, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, help, help me out here. It's I feel favorite. like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, like like as as I get older, because I mean, you know, I'm I'm you know I'm getting older, so like as I get older, I um I just long for that more and more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I see the the things that are going on in our world, and and I just have this deeper longing for for that day, and um and 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 I just can't wait. I I, I can't wait for the day when the Lord returns and and everything will be changed, mm-hmm. uh, everything will be renewed, and um. There's so many things that we won't have to deal with anymore, and and there's so much joy that's going to come on that day. So, I, I, anyway, I uh, I get excited about talking about it. So thanks for thanks for talking about it with me today. Good for sure. Stuff. <laughs>
Yeah. Well, um, and all, for all you guys that are at home, you know, thanks for listening today to the Sunday recap. Next week, we're going to be picking up uh, with Endgame, uh, the sixth sermon in this series, where we're going to be getting into First Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm looking forward to that on Sunday. And uh, so, yeah, we just hope you guys have a great week. Talk to each other this week about the, about the end, about uh, the hope that we have in Christ. Let's do that together this week. And we will catch you all next time on the Sunday Recap. We'll see you then.